Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Who are those guys? I'm Galen. And I'm Doug. And we're those movie guys. Bringing movie reviews and previews to the masses since 2007. This is Sunday, June 10th, 2007, and today on the show we review the theatrical release of Waitress, and then we will talk about the DVD release of The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Finally on the show, we will review and discuss our top five list of DVD-released movies that we haven't seen but want to. Well, we're going to start off today's show talking about Waitress. In Waitress, writer-director Adrian Shelley tells the story of a woman who has the nearly magical ability to express herself through inventing and baking pies. This woman also happens to be stuck in an abusive marriage. She begins to set in motion the plan to free herself from her husband through her culinary skills, until she gets the unfortunate news that she's pregnant. Shortly thereafter, she falls for her new doctor, played by our boy Nathan Fillion, from the underappreciated Serenity and Slither. Now, on a tragic note, we must mention that Adrienne Shelley was murdered in her apartment before the film was released at Sundance. So, on that somber note, Doug, I'll skip the normal pun and just ask you, how did you like this film? Well, first off, of course, my thoughts and prayers are with the family and friends of Adrian Shelley, I think she did a really good job with this film. And I think, similar to my review of Knocked Up, I think what makes a good kind of lighthearted comedy, kind of a romantic comedy, is its characters. And I think that's what sells this. I really like Carrie Russell in this oh, film. Oh, yeah. I thought she was great, and so was our boy Nathan Oh, <laughs> yeah. He provides a lot of funny moments. He He's really good at playing the type of character he does. He kind of has a similar attitude in this than, or a similar sarcasm, I'll say, in this movie that he does in Serenity and Slither. And it it always works. It's always funny. It's always charming. But uh, even the other supporting characters, such as Andy Griffith, I mean, Adrian Shelley plays one of the waitresses, Dawn, and she is a fantastic character. Yeah. And also the... um... Jeremy Sisto as uh, her husband. Yeah. I thought he was fantastic as Earl. Because uh, it was a believable... Uh, so often, the abuse of husband can be a cliche. Yeah. And he wasn't at all. I mm-hmm. mean, you believed him as a fully rounded character. What I liked about him was, yeah, he was the jerk husband, but he did love her. He yeah. wasn't messing around on her. No, so you're he, right. He just... Abusive, I guess, is the, the term we use. Yeah, and it, he, he, was, he was a horrible husband, but you're right. I mean, he did, in his way, love her. Right. It was just kind of a possessive love. Yes. And um, I, I also really like this film. I, I couldn't agree more about the performances. I thought Carrie Russell, I think it's Oscar-worthy. Honestly. It is good. Um, She's awesome. The Academy will probably ignore it, as they usually do comedies, but I really think that her performance deserves at least a nomination. Uh, Also, I like the whole feel of the film, beyond just the performances. Uh, 
there's two issues I'd like to bring up. One is it reminded me of a book I read and a movie of the same name, like Water for Chocolate. And the whole story of this was it was about an oppressed woman who found a means of expression through cooking. And, I mean, this clearly is very parallel to that, because here we have a woman who's locked in this abusive relationship, and her only means throughout most of the film of expressing herself is through her pies. Right. And that's kind of, in a sense, her escape from that. And I even love how they kind of film those scenes, especially on on some of the, the times when she's upset and angry. You know, they kind of cut to her... Or cut to the... They never show her baking the pie, yeah. per se. They kind of... Camera stays overhead as you watch these hands just quickly fill in the right. ingredients. But yet, each pie is meaningful. I mean, it's kind of funny. The ingredients used, how they express what she's feeling. Yeah. So to speak, you know, some of the, the pie... More pies of anger use the harsh nuts, walnuts and stuff flambéed on yeah. fire. Yeah. It's it's really clever. I liked it. It is, and I also the other the other theme I liked is the whole sense of you kind of get this nineteen fifties kind of vibe throughout the film, being that it, most of it takes place in this old diner. Yeah, the old diner. Andy Griffith, of yeah, course, yeah. brings to mind Mayberry, and to me though, it wasn't. It was like a deconstruction of the nineteen fifties because in the nineteen fifties. In, like, Leave it to Beaver or the Andy Griffith show, you'd have these happy families. And in this, you really don't. I mean, the happiness comes from the thoughts of escaping from that family. And uh, throughout most of the film, she's not glad at all to be pregnant. And she's resentful at the baby. And I really liked what they did with that. The whole film, it has... I'm gonna say it it walks the line of sappiness, but it doesn't it doesn't ever become sappy. And what I mean by that is a lot of the musical cues and the different visual motifs of the diner and everything, it would make you think that it's a sappy film. But the themes and the plot are anything but sappy. It's funny you bring up the musical cues, because that's where my nitpicks come in. Okay. I didn't like some of the some of the choices. I didn't have a problem with, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know the the scenes where Carrie Russell and Nathan Fillion, you know, kiss and the camera starts to swirl and the music plays and yeah. a lot of the the music cue with the uh, the child that Carrie Russell keeps seeing is and she probably imagines right, what right. she will be going through here soon enough. I didn't like that. See, uh, I'm going to disagree with you because I think they were intentionally going for that. I thought they wanted it to be almost overly sappy. In the, or, or to appear to be overly sappy and overly... Uh, I can't think of the word. Obstructive in, into the narrative. See, I think for the, the music to obstruct into the narrative, I think would have been okay. But they used cliched songs they use right. songs that they should have done gone with something else but see i think that fits with the the 19 the faux 1950s vibe that it has i think it's going for setting up the cliches but the cliches don't mean what they normally would mean like her scenes with Fillion, 
I think they're sending up the fact of it being like this perfect romantic situation when clearly it's not. There are a slew of problems with it. And so I, I think they were playing with that. I don't think they meant the musical cues to be straight up. Well, I disagree. I found them I found them annoying. I mean, don't get me wrong, I liked this film a lot. Right. But to me, I think it could Right, I understand them. it's just a nitpick on your part, but I'm nitpicking your nitpick. Uh, so. uh, in this case, you're <laughs> wrong, so... No, well, I'm not the stupid one, so... <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> but, Toss out the name calling. Right. But anyways, I also thought that the film had the perfect ending. I love the ending. I did um, like the ending. It, it certainly... Uh, it certainly avoids the sappiness, too. Right, it, it wasn't quite what you expect... And I, I finding it so hard to articulate. Do you understand what I mean by the, the movie feels like it it should be sappy, but it never is. Do you understand what I I'm getting at? I don't think I do actually, but <laughs> it, it's just I don't know. Spent five or more minutes trying to explain. Right. Maybe the viewers or listeners <laughs> get it. Maybe maybe they do. If you get it, please email us and help me out here. But it just. <laughs> It just, it feels like you expect sappy things to happen. Maybe that's how, because, like, the ending, you expect that it's going to have a sappy ending, and it doesn't. You almost mean, kind of, you said the similar thing about Knocked Up. It walks that line on cliche, but it never crosses it. Yeah, yeah, a similar thing. Or was that music and lyrics you said that about? That was music and lyrics. Yeah, that was but, music, my yeah. apologies. But uh, I also, just the whole movie had a terrific overall sense of charm, and you enjoyed spending time with the characters. You mentioned music and lyrics very much in that vein. Oh, yeah. And it's just, you love all the characters, and even the ones you hate, you like like to hate them, you know? Right, right. They're, they're well thought out. Yeah. The dialogue's very well written. Um, the whole movie's very well directed. I liked everything, except... Music. It's <laughs> it's my minor nitpick, and, and that would, was just because you didn't understand what it was uh, being used yeah, for. Sure. Well, and of course, <laughs> I'd love to eat a lot of those pies that she baked. Oh my god! Some of them yes, look so delicious. Carrie Russell, if you're listening, which I'm sure she is, <laughs> and if you actually do know how to bake these pies, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so those are two major caveats. But we'd love to hear from you. So, what are you going to give waitress, Doug? I'm giving it a four out of five. That's a good score. I'm giving it a five. I perfect believe score. I'm giving it a perfect score. I think it's the rare mix of something that's charmingly enjoyable, at, while at the same time it has a deeper feminist message to it. I, I think it can be enjoyed by almost anybody. I agree, and you know I'm actually eager to see it again, especially when it comes out on DVD. Go take a look at this one, waitress. Well, last week we reviewed The Hilarious Knocked Up, the second film from director Judd Apatow, and we both gave it a very enthusiastic four and a half. Fortunately, we were not able to look at his previous film, The Forty-Year-Old Virgin, because Galen hadn't seen it yet. Well, because Galen loved the film so much, Galen decided to run out and get Forty-Year-Old Virgin. So now that Galen <laughs> has seen it, we can belatedly ask the question... Is it as good as his second film, or does it fall short? I think that it's... It's only... 
marginally not as good as Knockdown. Marginally not as good. Yes, it's say. it's a, a hair's difference. And that might have just been due to the fact that I saw Knocked Up in a theater, which is always better to see a comedy. But I agree. But it is a fantastic comedy that I laughed. I was really on my floor laughing right. throughout most of I it. agree with all what you just I, said. You know, it's hard to do a review without basically dittoing almost everything we said about Knocked Up. Yeah. But, well, here we go. Once again, <laughs> the strength of the film, I think, is from the ensemble cast. Yes. I think you have a case where there are no weak links in this entire cast. And it was the same way with Knocked Up. I think that Carell and the entire crew, Catherine Keener, Paul Rudd, oh. they're all great. Steve Carell and Catherine Keener, I love them. They were such a lovable couple. Leslie I, Mann, although she has a smaller role than she does in uh, Knocked Up, hilarious. is hilarious. <laughs> and I think, though, the stealer of the show is Seth Rogen. I think every scene he's in, well, even if Steve Carell's in it, he completely steals the scene. And... The, the opening scene about the horse show they go to at Tijuana, it, it was just hilarious. He does have a, a, just a natural sense of comedic timing and delivery. Yeah, it and is. you believe him. I, that type of character is difficult to play, because so often it becomes like a Bill and Ted type of completely stupid over-the-top. Seth Rogen can walk that line between being funny and kind of a goofball, but never crossing the line into becoming ridiculous. You say it's tough to play that character. Somehow I get the feeling this is how Seth Rogen behaves in real life. <laughs> After be. seeing him on a couple <laughs> interviews on some television programs. Maybe this is Seth Rogen's <laughs> playing Seth Rogen. But if so, I'd like to see more of him. You know, once again, they're... Uh, the, all the actors get their moments, too. You know, there's never... Every single character in the film has at least one scene where they had something hilarious that they said or did. Right. You know, it was just terrific. I loved the two uh, Indian employees, played by Ger Jerry Bednob and Shelley Malil. They were hilarious mm -hmm. as Mooj and Maziz. <laughs> I mean, they were just, I don't know, I, I loved them. Really a great film. And, and like Knocked Up, I even love the, the, the very supporting, supporting characters for the scene when uh, Steve Carell and Catherine Keener are in bed and her one of her oh. daughters has her boyfriend over yeah. and you know the boyfriend comes in and sees all of the condoms that he can't get open, can't get on, and he's, teach me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I mean, my favorite part of that scene is Catherine Keener, I think... Wherever she just, it's funny because she almost throws a tantrum. And it, <laughs> yeah. when she just, she like slams her legs out. She's like, get the fuck out of my room. And it's it's such a great reversal between uh, the mother-daughter relationship. Yeah, and yeah. It was really hilarious. Yeah, I certainly agree. Like Knocked Up, it, it stays away from the typical poop and fart jokes. Yeah, yeah. You know? The the uh, the humor is very adult oriented. This isn't, you know, the f bombs galore, some strong mm -hmm. language and stuff. It's nothing you're gonna just take kids. <laughs> Horses doing, and women doing they, things. Yeah, yeah. They may <laughs> they may probably not even understand what they're talking about in some cases. But, right. Uh, <laughs> Which is, <laughs> I wish I did it too. In some <laughs> well, cases, in the horse story maybe. <laughs> but 
it, it's a great movie that I wish we would see more of. You know, the adult, I'll call it smart comedy. It really yeah. is a smart comedy. I mean, it's it's raunchy, but it's smart. In a lot of ways, it's like American Pie for adults. I mean, yeah. that that is almost exactly what it is. Because there have been comedies like this about teenagers trying to get laid for 20 or 30 years, yeah. starting in the 80s. But this is the first one that was made for adults. And maybe by the virtue of the teen sex comedy, it's difficult to make one for adults. But here, Judd Apatow really succeeded. Yeah, he nailed it both times in this and in not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, once again, though, I a couple nitpicks, and they're pretty much the same from Knocked Up. It, it's a little too long. Uh, you know, it, you know, it's over... Two hours long. So that that's a bit... Two hours and 13 minutes is probably stretching it for a comedy. Yeah, it is a little long. But it doesn't feel like... No, You're no. interested throughout. And same with Knocked Up, but... Yeah, and, and probably the only reason it is long is because the entire cast does get their moments. Right. You know, so... Nobody's overused, nobody's underused. No, no, there's no one who you don't feel was utilized fully. It, it's really great... The the only other problem I had with it is I didn't like the ending musical. Oh, I loved that. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I did. Wh- why? I just, it was just funny. I mean, it almost like you said about waitress the the musical cues being intended for cheesiness. Well, yeah, yeah. I I, I got that here. I mean, it I was so that. cheesy that I I really found it funny. I, I just, know it was supposed to be way cheesy, but I felt since the rest of the movie wasn't like that, it was kind of... Out of place. Yeah, it, it felt felt different in tone from the whole rest of the movie. It was almost like Billy Madison or something, you know? <laughs> well, I think had it been placed earlier in the film, maybe I'd agree with you. But since it's at the end, you know, you're all smiles, you, you've loved yeah. the movie, you know it's the ending... I don't think it hurts the film at all. Maybe if it would have just taken place during the credit roll, yeah. that might have been better, because it's almost as a separate thing. I guess maybe I even almost expected the credits to roll yeah. by that point. I just, I don't know, it didn't it didn't disrupt me. I thought Well, it was okay. and once again, and it's I am nitpicking, because I don't have a huge problem, but it is a problem. Okay, well... So what are you going to give 40-year-old... Like Knocked Up, I'm giving it a four and a half. I'm giving it a four and a half as well, because I really... Even though I did enjoy Knocked Up slightly more, it's not enough to give it any difference. It's definitely a modern comedy classic, just like Knocked Up. Definitely get them both when you can. Well, I think we you might have been the last person to see that movie. Okay, well, now, as Doug pointed out, I was the last person to see The 40-Year-Old Virgin. We we just checked up on that, and there we thought there was some kid in Somalia who hadn't seen it yet, but we were wrong. So, anyways, on that vein, we thought it'd be good to do a top five list of DVDs that we've never gotten around to seeing, but we've always wanted to see. And we're going to count down each of our top fives, and our hope is that in the weeks to come on the show, we'll eventually watch some of these films and talk about them with the audience. 
So, Doug, I'm going to give you the honor of going first. And what? I just what? realized I think I broke the rules on this. <laughs> These have to be on DVD right now, right? Yeah. All right, well, then this isn't going to be correct. But I, it's only one movie that okay. this will happen on, okay. and that is the movie Renaissance. Okay, well, it will be out next month. Okay, it's such a peculiar film, and I'm always a, you know, I'm a visual artist. I, right. I love movies that, that try something new and an experiment in new ways visually, and this movie certainly looks like it's attempting that. For those of you that don't know much about the film, all I can say is neither do I. But I've seen trailers. I urge you to. It's got kind of a really cool animated, stark black and white style. Um, I guess the movie has met with not too great of reviews. Yeah, but, mediocre. But I still want to see it, and I'm putting it at number five on my list. That, that's a good choice. I am eager to see that, too. It's in my queue on Netflix, and I'll probably get that next month when it comes out. Uh, my list is... I, I purposely left most older classics off. I First of all, I've tried to make an effort to see most of the classics I've never gotten around to seeing. But also, I, I thought that this would be a fun time to do some films that are a little more popular so that some of our view, listeners would be able to watch them as well. Uh, so I'm going to start with number five in that vein, the Evil Dead series. Mm. And this is almost embarrassing to admit, but I've never seen any of the Evil Dead. So I, I always have heard how hilarious Bruce Campbell is in them. Uh, and uh, really, I, if these aren't Sam Raimi's first films, they're really close. Yeah, I'm, I'm unsure of that. And uh, I, I just, because I do enjoy horror comedy. I think that... It's it works well. Some whenever someone is putting it together who understands what they're doing, I think it can work really well. Well, on that note, I'll go ahead with my number four. I kind of followed suit. My number four choice is Snakes on a Plane. Oh, and I really only want to see it for one line spoken in all the trailers of the movie, and I think we all know what the line is. But I, you've seen it, right? Yes, I have. So. Aside, I know you've told me, and a lot of these movies that I, I'll want to see come from recommendations to you. You get to watch a lot more movies than I do with your yeah. pretty Netflix account. <laughs> I do. Well, <laughs> you certainly I get know, one, too. I, know. I, I gave you a free A month. lazy bastard, I guess. Uh, yeah, Snakes on a Plane, I can actually let you borrow, and we can watch it. We can do talk about it next week. Oh, well, and there's some ideas. <laughs> there All you right. go. Well, yes, it was one I wanted to see. I love Samuel L. Jackson. He's usually cool in every movie that he's in, and this looks to be no different. Yeah, it's, you know, not high art, but definitely, if you're into camp... Yeah, it's, it's the not. other extreme of what Renaissance is probably. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, my number four choice is The Exorcist. I've never seen The Exorcist. Really? That, that's always the response <laughs> I get. <laughs> that's the exact response everybody tells me because I think I think this I probably literally am the last person to not see uh, the it's Exorcist. It's been a while since I've seen it, but but um, it you know a lot of people call it the best horror film ever made. It's definitely high up on lists of top one hundred films ever made very mm -hmm. frequently. And I just always wanted to give it a shot. I, I I guess why I haven't seen it in Evil Dead could be 
another film in this category is that I'm not the hugest horror fan. So I just I, horror comedy. Well, just <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I think it can be done well. I didn't say I watch oh, a lot okay. of it though, because there aren't really a whole lot of horror comedies out there. All right. Well, my number three choice is the movie Running with Scissors, and I think I. You've seen this one also. No. You haven't? No, well, I Somebody haven't. recommended this to me, and I, I thought it looked very interesting because it, I, I wasn't sure what to think because it's got quite a cast. I mean, you've got Annette yeah. Benning and Gwyneth Paltrow and Alec Baldwin and a whole, whole slew of others. Um, and sometimes those movies that seem to incorporate all the best stars end up being the worst movies. Yeah, on Bobby. Some... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> But oh God, uh, yes. I, I still want to see it. It seems to be a, a kind of a cool concept, and I actually thought it was you that recommended it to no, me. No, it was not. Uh, I've heard of the book, and the book's supposed to be great. The film has gotten kind of lackluster reviews, but... Right, well, so has my whole list here, <laughs> so we'll just... <laughs> well, yeah, that doesn't always mean anything. All right, well, my number three choice is Thelma and Louise. Another one I've never seen that people are usually shocked by. No, actually, that one I might. I'm with you. If I've, I don't think I've seen. That. I know. Oh well, then we both can be embarrassed by that. Um, definitely, a lot of people consider it one of the best films for the past thirty years, and it's something that I've always wanted to give a chance. You get to see uh, Brad Pitt and um, uh, Susan Sarandon, and who's the other woman? Um, I can't recall her name. I was going to say, I haven't seen it. So. Gina Davis? I think it's Gina uh, Davis. Probably. And uh, all of them supposedly give fantastic performances. Uh, supposed to have a great script, great direction. It's supposed to be great all around. I just have never gone around to seeing it. All right. Well, my number two choice is a documentary. And it's one I think actually everybody should see. I know, and this I know you've seen and recommended to me, and I saw it on the independent film channel. I didn't, I saw it was coming up. The movie is This Film Is Not Yet oh. Rated. Uh, I think everybody would kind of like to know the secret behind how the movies get these film ratings. Uh, <clears throat> what people don't know, I think, is some of the politics and kind of the... It involves a lot of dice rolling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure people have heard of... The, the studios and how they fight with them because yeah. they can't get the rating or they have to almost change the the artwork or the film to, you know, get a certain rating. Yeah, it's a very meddlesome and intrusive process. And fortunately, we have recently seen the MPAA start to make inroads to changing that. And most people attribute that to this film is not yet rated. A really fantastic film, hilarious. And an important one for anyone who considers themselves a film buff, I'd say it's it's required viewing. I can also That's your homework you hear. <laughs> yes. And I, I can also loan that to you too. You could probably loan me about all these. So. <laughs> well, all right. not all of them, but your number two choice. My number two, getting back to you mentioned with your number five choice Renaissance about you appreciating the visual style of films. This is certainly one that comes from a director who is a visual artist. It's Pi from Darren Aronofsky, who did Requiem for a Dream and, the, more recently, The Fountain. 
Uh, Pi was his first big uh, film. Well, it wasn't a big film. It was a very <laughs> small <laughs> All film. All three people who saw it. <laughs> right, right. It was a very small film. I believe it's black and white. You know, very small independent uh, undertaking. But it was supposed to be really a fantastic movie with all of Aronofsky's unique visual touches to it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And it, it just... I, I enjoy Darren Aronofsky. I don't always get him. I, the Fountain, I thought, visually was fantastic. Beyond that, it was kind of bizarre. Although Requiem is one of my favorite Okay, well, my number one choice star is probably one of my favorite actors of all time, and I hear he's great in this movie. It is Ten Items or Less. Oh, that's fantastic. So, obviously, you have seen I it. I have and... seen it. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can't go... I don't want to... I won't steal your thunder. Well, I have no thunder. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, like I said, my reasoning was for, for the cast. I love Morgan yeah. Freeman. You know, I think... The ridiculously gorgeous Paz Vega. Is another high point. It has met with good reviews, right? Critical reviews. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously not a commercial success. In fact, probably... No, it was, made... a, it was a small independent film. Right. So they didn't really intend to become a commercial success. Right, but I really want to see it. Yeah, well, that that's a fantastic choice. Um my number one choice is American Psycho. Never saw it. It's supposed to be a great film. One of the best films from a woman director, from what I hear. And it also, it, it deals with concepts that I like about the greed and decorous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate decorousness. No, He's an the, English major. He yes. makes up words from time to I time. I do. <laughs> the greed and decadence involved in the business world. And this, the concept of how people just pursue personal pleasures. Right. That and, does sound like a good movie. I wouldn't, yes. I'd even include it on my list maybe once I've seen some of these others. Yes. So those are our lists. And expect this from time to time. Hopefully as the, the weeks go by, we'll make our effort to see these movies and maybe report on them. Of course, some of the list. That is on mine. You've seen and recommend, and well, I'll tell we'll you right recommend now. Recommend them to you. I'm going to loan you ten items or less, and you, we'll we'll do ten items or less next week's show. We'll give it a full review because that's a film I think more people should find out about. All right. Well, we know what his review will be. We'll find <laughs> out mine though on next week's show. Yes. And if you guys have any lists about top five movies that you've never seen and you'd love to watch we'd love you to post them on our forums or email us at those movieguys at gmail.com maybe we can help recommend or steer you clear off them depending yes. on your choices yes we could do reviews of them on the show if you like okay and re finally releasing on dvd this week we have among other titles breach which we both reviewed on our very first podcast uh, as I recall, neither of us was awestruck by it. I gave it a three. I gave it two and a half. Yeah, and I think we both agreed that Chris Cooper was fantastic. But he it just... was the only part of the movie worth watching. Right. So, if there's nothing else to rent, it's probably your best choice of those films coming out on DVD this week. Although I hear Days of Glory and uh, An Unreasonable Man are fantastic. I haven't gotten a chance to see them yet, though, so... 
that's your choices if you want to rent movies this week. Okay, that's all for today's show. If you would like to review any of the ratings that we gave the movies that we covered today, please visit thosemovieguys.blogspot.com. There you can find more in-depth reviews, our star ratings, as well as links to items that we may have covered in the show. Plus, you can subscribe to our feed. Also, you can visit Google Groups at groups.google.com. When you're there, search for Those Movie Guys. You can post a message to our forums. And you can also email us at thosemovieguys at gmail.com. It's thosemovieguys at gmail.com. We look forward to any feedback that you can give us about why we're retarded. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.